0: read some verses in the book of Genesis chapter 2. You'll turn there with me. Genesis chapter 2. We're going to read starting with verse number 15. Genesis chapter 2 in verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him an helpmeet for him, and out of the ground. The Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found and helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and he closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and he brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh and they were both naked the man and his wife and were not ashamed amen Just just talk a few minutes this morning about the home and i'm going to call this heaven help the home heaven help the home Of course, uh, the family and the home is a divine institution, and um, uh, let me just say here at the onset, I want to make it completely clear that I understand how valuable that the ladies are and that the women are uh, in the household and in the church. I've grown up in church all of my life. You subtract the ladies from the church, and we're in serious trouble, serious trouble. Uh, the ladies have played such an important role. And uh, of course, my my great spiritual influence was my mother all of my life. She was the influencer toward the, the things of the Lord. And then for many years until Zach came along, it was me outnumbered, my wife and three daughters. I was outnumbered. And my dad was one of uh, three boys, no sisters. I was one of three boys, no sisters. So when we were expecting, uh, a baby, our first baby, uh, my dad, he just said, well, God would never let us have a girl, uh, uh, because all we ever have is boys. And so we have a girl and then another girl and then another girl. And, uh, and I was completely outnumbered and, uh, Uh, but that was okay. I was probably spoiled by them a lot of the time and uh, uh, appreciate uh, my wife and my daughters and the blessing of my family. And this year, I have a special blessing in that I have my son in the house of God with me. Amen, amen. No greater blessing for a dad than to have your family Uh, serving the Lord and be in the house of the Lord uh, with you. Amen. I think we all are very much aware of the fact that the home and the family and the marriage is under uh, an attack. And uh, it has become a battleground, like ground zero, battleground in our world, in our nation uh, right now. It is under constant uh, attack of the enemy against just the traditional family. Um, When I say traditional, I'm just talking about the family as it is described in the word of God. Uh, What the family is, what God intended the family to be is certainly under uh, an attack. Now for all these dads that stood up today, I'm so thankful for every one of you. I understand none of us, I didn't have a perfect dad. I had a good dad. But he, he wasn't perfect. He had his flaws. And, and uh, all of us are dealing with that. We all have flaws. Our fathers have flaws. And, uh, but uh, we, are pe- we are men who are dependent upon God. We cannot fulfill our God-given calling and the role that he's given to us to play without God in our lives. When you remove God from the picture then you have what's happening right now in the United States of America. 57% of black children in America today have no father in the home. 31% of uh, Hispanic children have no father in the home. 21% of white children in America have no father in the home. It is like a national emergency. That we are in, and uh, we can see that it relates to all of the crime and the murder and all of the things that are happening, and the, all of the the uh, confusion. This whole idea of gender confusion and all these things that are happening in our world right now that are mind boggling. It's all the result of the attack of the enemy against God's plan for the home, and. Uh, the family, and so when I say heaven help the home, I mean we need to we need to ask God, Lord, we need a heavenly perspective on what the home and the family needs to be, not just our ideas about it. We need to have a heavenly perspective upon uh, what uh, our calling is as fathers and as families. Um, the scripture in Philippians. 3 and 20 says, For our conversation is in heaven. The the word conversation is a Greek word that means community or citizenship. And so it could read like this, For our citizenship is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So once you become a Christian, you realize... I'm not of this world anymore. This world is not my home. I don't even fit in in this world anymore because my citizenship is in heaven and I need to have a heavenly perspective if my life, if my family, if my home is to be what God intends uh, for it to be. So Father's One of the responsibilities that we have as fathers is to teach our children that this world is passing away. It's all fleeting. And uh, to build your life, to invest your life in things that are of this world is a horrible mistake. We need to invest our life in eternity, in heaven, in heavenly things, in things that are higher, things that are above, not the things that are on this earth. Amen. So we're not to be worldly minded and we're to teach our children that everything of this world is just passing away. Amen. Don't invest in it. Don't, don't make it to be the most important thing of your life. Wonderful thing about family is that it is not a man made idea, it is a God idea. God instituted family. Psalm 68 in verse 6 God setteth the solitary in families. That has been the will of God that everyone be in families. Now, I understand families many times look different, sometimes it's a single parent family. Uh, not by your choosing, it just, things just happen. And I understand there's a lot of different things that happen to people's lives and families, uh, but the reality is that God wants to establish the home and the family uh, uh, according to the plan of God and according to the word of God. You know, everything that you're gonna do and become as an adult, God is using, God can use the family as a training ground for what you're going to become as an adult you learn how to interact with each other how how to get along with people you may be in the same family but you're not exactly the same we're all different we all have different personalities we all have different ways about us and so in a family we learn how to interact how to get along how to love one another in spite of our differences. You learn that in the home so that later on, when you're out in the workforce, when you're out in the community, when you're out in your day-to-day responsibilities, you've already learned in the home what it means and how that you can interact with people outside. The family is God's idea. You learn how to respond to authority in the family. In the home, we learn how to respond uh, to uh, authority and uh, to, to follow instructions from uh, your fathers. I made some mistakes as a young person as a kid and uh, didn't always do what I should, should have done as far as uh, uh, you know responding to my own uh, dad. My dad was, a, was a, a faithful dad in a lot of ways. He was faithful to work very hard. He was diligent uh, to, to work. He was a good example as far as the way that he treated our mother. i have never heard my dad use a curse word. I never, you know, my mom and dad, obviously, they, they had their differences, I'm sure, but I, there was never any shouting matches or any throwing things, and I can remember visiting someone's home, and uh, while I was there as a boy, the, 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 the husband and the wife got into an argument. And I thought, okay, this is normal. This happens in homes. And then it became a shouting match, screaming at one another. Then I got a little nervous because I had never been around that before. And then they start throwing things, crash. And I thought, I have never been around this ever before in my life. And I realized as a kid, I was really blessed with a mom and dad that didn't want to kill one another. uh, And uh, that, uh, uh, but but it's all a part of God's plan and God's ways. And uh, uh, we, I think, understand that the biblical family is under a terrible attack. There's an effort today to destroy the next generation and to try to perpetuate the chaos that's in our world today. Have you ever seen a bigger mess that we're in than we're in right now in our country with all of this confusion and this gender mess and all of this that's going on today? It's insanity. It's complete insanity. You can't be a rational person and be talking and thinking the way that this world is thinking. But they are, and it's because they have taken God out of the picture. They removed biblical truth from the picture. When you remove God, when you remove the Bible, then you have everyone doing what they think is right, and that's going to lead to the confusion that we have in our world today. And an effort by the enemy, it's all an effort of the enemy, to try to destroy the marriage, the family, the home, and the lives of young children. Amen. Remember Family is God's idea and you need to find the family uh, as it is defined in the word of God. That should be our model right there. Doing it God's way as we read to you here from Genesis chapter 2 to kind of see that God divinely instituted the home and the marriage. Amen. God said it's not good for man to be alone. It was God's idea. God's will for Adam and Eve to be brought together. Uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, the laws that today may allow for same-sex marriage and things of that sort, I, I know that that's uh, now laws have been changed and things that uh, even Supreme Court decisions have been made. We live by a higher law. Amen. We live and are governed by a higher law. Anytime that the laws of the land contradict the word of god we live by the higher law and i'm not i don't believe that you should disobey the laws of the land but i do believe that if it contradicts the word of god we live by a higher standard and it is the word of the lord so it doesn't matter what laws are being made and all of this confusion that is going on today is demon inspired it's it's from the very pit of hell what we need is families that understand that we're following in a heavenly pattern pattern a godly pattern a biblical pattern and and that we are living our lives to please the lord in that respect amen so families are designed by god marriage is designed by god and it is not to be confused it is not to be changed it is to follow the pattern of the word of God. Amen. Jesus endorsed the Genesis pattern of marriage in Matthew chapter 19. It says, and he answered and said unto them, have you not read that which he made? This are the words of Jesus, that he which made them at the beginning male and female and said, for this cause shall uh, a man leave his father and mother ...and shall cleave to his wife, they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. That is Jesus himself confirming and endorsing what Genesis chapter 2 says about family and marriage and God's divine institution of marriage. Amen. Let's do it God's way. Amen. Let's follow the pattern of uh, the word of God. Not only that, but Jesus himself, when he was born into this world in flesh, he was born into a family. He was born into a family with a mother and a father. Well, we know that he was conceived of the Holy Ghost yet Joseph was his natural or physical father while he was on this earth his earthly ministry was only three years three and a half years so all those years up to age 30 he was a part of a family and he was a part of a family work and family business and and uh, working no doubt under his, his earthly father Joseph. And uh, the Bible says that he went with them. He was subject unto them. And his earthly ministry did not begin until he was 30 years old. So, all of those many years, he was living those many years of his earthly life in a home, in a family, in a family designed the way God in, intended that the family was to be. So, Jesus. Endorsed it with his preaching and his teaching. And he was even born into a normal family. Amen. A biblical family. And then God's plan was for the men to lead in their homes. We have a responsibility, men. That doesn't mean that we are to be uh, overbearing. It doesn't mean that we are to mistreat them and use our authority The Bible says don't provoke your children to wrath, don't discourage them, and really it's just describing a man taking advantage of his position to lord over his family. That's not the will of God, but it is the will of God that you be a leader, that you be an example to your family, to your children, that you lead them in the ways of uh, the Lord, that you direct them and that you teach them and that you instruct them in the ways of the Lord. So it's a heavy responsibility. Don't shirk it. Don't shirk your responsibility. Live out your life and realize that God puts you in in your family for a purpose. Amen. In the state of Oklahoma, you can get a, a license to operate a motorcycle when you're 14 years old. And I, I was making money when I was a teenager. And I had enough money to buy a motorcycle. And a lot of my buddies, they had motorcycles. But my dad said, no. No motorcycle. Can't do that. Oh, I was not happy with my dad. He probably saved my life. Uh, but uh, uh, he, he said, no. Save your money. And when you get, sorry, Merle. Uh, <laughs> And any other motorcycle riders around here. Uh, But my dad said no to the motorcycle. He said, save your money when you get 16 and you can buy a car. Well, when I turned 16, I went out and bought a car and I didn't even talk to my dad about it. And my dad was not happy because I went out and bought a car and the car was not that good of a car. It looked good, but my dad would have checked it out mechanically, I'm sure, and he wasn't happy with me at all for buying the car uh, that I bought on my own at 16 years old. And then I paid the price for it because just a few months after I bought it, the, the re- reverse went out in it, uh, the transmission. And so everywhere I went, I had to make sure that I parked the car so that it would roll out of the parking place. And it was always a reminder to me oh, my dad was right, my dad was right. He was right. I can't. I I can't back out. My dad was right. (laughs) It looked good. As a matter of fact, it was a '57 Chevy Coupe. I bought it for five hundred dollars. If I would have just kept it, it probably would be worth thirty, forty thousand dollars now, even with a bad transmission. (laughs) And it. uh, But I sold it for just a few hundred dollars. I don't remember. And it was only able to go forward. No reverse in it at all. I couldn't afford to get the transmission uh, fixed. I learned my lesson. I should have paid attention to my dad. I should have paid attention to him. Amen. So God puts fathers in homes to lead their children. Amen. Dads, be an example of godliness. Be an example of faithfulness. Be an example of righteousness. Live a life before them uh, as an example of godliness. And then another thing is that a father and a husband is to be a provider, the Bible says. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8. If any man will provide, provide not for his own, especially those of his own house, he hath denied the faith, and is worse than an infidel. Now, some of the other versions of the Bible, uh, they, they don't use that word infidel. They use the word unbeliever. I don't know about you, but an unbeliever and an infidel, that's not the same thing to me. An infidel, that sounds really bad. An infidel, it sounds horrible. If you don't provide for your home, if you don't provide for your household, you are worse than an infidel. I know you probably get tired of my father's stories, but I'll tell them anyway. My dad was a faithful person to go to work, even when he had a lot of physical limitations. He had back surgeries. He wasn't able to to do a lot of things. He hurt his back playing ball. He was a baseball player uh, when he was a young man. And he could throw a ball 90 miles an hour. Now, any of y'all know anything about baseball? Anybody can throw a baseball 90 miles an hour. That is something. And so I learned uh, as a catcher. I, was, uh, I played ball. And I was a hind catcher. And he would burn me up. Uh, with that. Uh, uh, and uh, and I, I just dreaded it. Because he would throw the ball so hard. And... Uh, uh, to catch that ball, it would just burn the, your hand. Uh, he threw the ball so hard. But my dad was injured playing ball. And then he re-injured his back uh, in the job that he had. So he ended up having surgeries, two back surgeries in his life. And then ended up having to, uh, uh, to quit working when he was just, just before he turned 60 years old. He was disabled and unable uh, to work uh, anymore but he was always a provider. Now, here's what I saw as a kid. I saw my dad going to work when he was in terrible pain. I saw him get out of his truck to walk into the house when he almost had to crawl into the house and sit in the floor, lay in the floor with his feet propped up in the chair because he couldn't get any relief uh, from the pain in his back and then get up the very next morning and go back to work. And why was he doing that? He did it because... He understood his responsibility to provide for his family. And uh, so he fulfilled that God-given task. There's a lot of men these days that have have rejected that responsibility. That we're to be providers. We're to provide for our families in every way. Not just the finances, but in every way taking care of our family. Fathers were also to be protectors. Of our families, God's positioned us in our homes, in our families, so that we would be protectors. And again, another dad's stories uh, that you've heard before, but you get to hear them again today. My dad was not a drinker. He was not a smoker, or he was a smoker, but he was not a curser. Uh, and uh, but as uh, uh, he had two uncles that were that were alcoholics. My grandmother's brothers were alcoholics. One of them died in a fire because of alcoholism. Uh, But uh, uh, his uncle came to the house when I was a boy and wanted to stay with us. He wanted uh, and asked my dad, I I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have anywhere to stay. Can I stay with you for a while? Um, I can remember where I was at, standing in the yard, listening to my dad talk to his uncle, saying to him, I'm sorry, you can't stay here. I've never allowed my boys to be around alcohol. I've never allowed them to be around drinking, so I just can't allow you uh, to stay here. Wow, that made a huge impact upon me, and I realized my dad was trying to protect me from something that was going to destroy, that potentially could have destroyed my life. Thank God for dads that are protectors Fathers, you have a responsibility. Protect your your daughters. Protect your sons. Do everything that you can to protect them, to to keep them not only physically safe, but spiritually protect them from things that come against them and everything that the enemy sends to try uh, to attack uh, your children. Amen. Amen. I remember as a little bitty kid, And a little bitty kid in the house and late in the middle of the night getting scared when it was dark. Wake up in the night and and hear noises and think, oh, what's going on? I'm getting afraid only to hear my dad on the other end of the house cough or clear his throat. And I would think, oh, dad's in the house. I'm okay. I'm safe. He's in the house. I'll be all right. Dads are protectors. Dads are providers. Dads are spiritual leaders to lead and to be examples uh, to our children. Joshua knew the responsibility uh, that he had, and he declared it to all of Israel. And uh, leaving it up to all of the men. He was an example to those that he was a leader to, but he was also a leader to his family. Joshua 24. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God give us dads who will make that kind of a decision. uh, That as for me and my house, we are going to live for God. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to honor the Lord with our life and life decisions. So dads, the spiritual direction of your sons and your daughters has so much to do with the decisions that you make. Are you willing to be a man of God? Are you willing to follow the word of the Lord? Are you willing to bring a little heaven down into your home and to your household, and to teach them. I understand that fathers teach their sons and daughters a lot of things. There's nothing more important than teaching them the the value and the importance of knowing God, serving God, having a relationship uh, with the Lord, and instilling that into their hearts and into their lives. Amen. Fathers, you have a big responsibility. Don't neglect it. Don't neglect it. It's an awesome thing whenever a little baby is born. And I remember, you know, when our babies were little bitty things, thinking about uh, the awesome responsibility that we had. When you, when that, when you take that little baby uh, into your arms for the first time and they're, you know, they're so innocent and precious. And, and, uh, but remember, they all have an eternal soul. They're all going to spend heaven or hell somewhere. They're going to go into eternity one day. And what you say and what you do and the example of your life will have much to do with where they spend eternity. So make the impact. Make the decision, just like Joshua did. It's for me and my house, we're going to serve God. We may not have the biggest house, We we might not have the biggest Uh, bank account. We may not have a lot of things that the world thinks is important. Uh, But uh, uh, what they are going to have is they're going to have some spiritual uh, things instilled into them, the Word of God instilled into them, uh, the things of God, spiritual things instilled into their life so that they grow up understanding what is the priority of your heart, the priority of your life, knowing God, serving God, living for God. Nothing is more important than living out the days of your life, serving the Lord and teaching our sons and daughters and our grandchildren the ways of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. God, help our families. God, help our homes. God, help our marriages. I hear from time to time, and I've heard even just in recent days of... Preachers' homes under attack, division and all kinds of heartache that people are going through because of sinful decisions that they've made. And I'm thinking, oh, the enemy, the enemy has crept in. The enemy has crept in because he wants to destroy that life, destroy that family, destroy those children, uh, destroy the potential of their lives. It's all an attack of the enemy against them. God has divinely instituted the home and the family as a training ground. Let's make sure that we live out the days of our life. Fathers, oh, what an awesome responsibility that we have. Amen. To teach them and to train them in the ways of the Lord. Nothing more important, nothing more important that you could ever do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for every one of these dads. And Lord, so many of us have been blessed to have good dads. And we're grateful, Lord. And as us pray, Lord, your special blessing today upon every one of these fathers and their homes, their marriages, their families. I pray, God, that you would just do a work in every one of their hearts to see how precious and how wonderful it is that you have designed the family to be what it is to be. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just pray against the spirit of the age that's trying to destroy marriage and homes and families. And we just ask, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would raise up a standard against all of the lies and the deception of this age and help us to remain true to you and true to your word, Lord. And we thank you for it. Jesus' name, amen. Can we stand, everybody?